Welcome to another episode of Pat and the Fat Man. We like to talk about movies, sports, and other things that we feel like. I'm Pat. I'm the Fat Man. And today we're going to be talking about football. Football. Okay, I gave myself an amurism now. <laughs> Moving on from that. So, college, we got two weeks to do. Uh, week 16 and then the bowl week. Or bowl weeks. I don't know how to call it. But bowl, bowl games were going on for like two weeks straight. <laughs> uh-huh. So, we'll cover week 16. Week 16, this was the last week of regular play. Uh, Saturday, December 19th. The college football playoffs were announced the 20th, and then we went into bowl season after that. So, big games that we cared about that occurred on the 19th. And I watched a lot of football. (laughs) (laughs) Big games that we cared about on the 19th was Texas A&M versus Tennessee. So, we'll go over that one. So, Texas A&M versus Tennessee, that was A&M's last game. A&M obviously did not win the SEC West because, you know, Alabama. (laughs) As long as Alabama is Alabama, we will never win the SEC Western Division. Yeah. We could have won the Eastern Division, but but we're not in the Eastern Division. We would have stormed the Eastern Division, but... Uh, but no. So, yeah, every year, either Florida or Georgia or Auburn or somebody else gets to play Alabama in the SEC Conference Championship. Regardless if they have more losses than us. Yeah, <laughs> even though more than half the time, either LSU or us or Mississippi, somebody else really deserves to go there. <laughs> but we already played Alabama and lost. So, oh, well. So, OK. And versus Tennessee. This was a rescheduled game. Yeah. Originally had been canceled due to COVID. This game was, this was a Jimbo Fisher special (laughs) in that it went pretty much the same way. All of our games against everybody this year has gone except for Alabama. And this is something that really came into the forefront of my mind sometime during the Auburn game. And then was kind of confirmed as I went after that. And so Jimbo Fisher strategy is, Appears to be twofold. Strategy piece number one, keep the offense on the field as long as you possibly can the entire ball game, which doesn't actually mean score as many points as you can. What that means is that you spend as much time running the ball or throwing short in order to keep the clock running. You almost never go for plays that are going to get you more than five to eight yards. And typically you're actually going for plays that are going to get you somewhere between three and five. Because you want all three downs. You don't want to convert until third down. And it's extremely nerve-wracking for people like me who have watched A&M over the years. And who know, we had several seasons where a third down meant we weren't going to convert. (laughs) You know, we were going to convert on one or two. But on third, no, sorry, the ball was going to go to the other team. And so this whole game was just stressful because every single possession we had Every series went to th- went to the third down, and we converted almost every time. <laughs> uh, 
<sighs> but it was it was stressful. I mean, I'm looking at a recap of it. I mean, it was never that close. I mean, no. the closest it came was like in the second quarter when it was 17 to 13. And then after that, <laughs> no, I mean, it, it wasn't end of the second quarter. It's 17, 13, right? AM doesn't score again till the fourth quarter. No, end of the second quarter is 24-13. 24-13. Okay, yeah, oh, that's right, that's right. So, yeah, it's tied at the end of the first quarter, goes into the second quarter. Yeah, yeah, I, there was no point at which I felt like AM was going to lose. Uh-huh. It's just the past. <laughs> like, I every time I see third down and come up, I always like, ah, no, not again. Because it was true. Like, we went a couple years there, at least one year, I remember, where our third down conversion percentage the entire year was just abysmal. And then this year is kind of a turnaround of that because we're set up to do that. Yeah, because our third down efficiency, we were 10 for 14. Yeah. Which is pretty good. It is. And that's how we're built. We're built to convert on third. We're not built to convert on second or first. So you're built to get the somewhere between six and eight yards that you need between first and second down so you can convert easily on third down. And so that's that's kind of what they did. So that's one piece of the strategy. The other piece of the strategy is always holding somebody in reserve Mm -hmm. and one of your big offensive weapons in reserve Mm -hmm. for this game. I want to say that was Hezekiah Jones. I believe it was number six. He didn't come out till the last quarter or close to the last quarter, or it was Smith, one or the other. But either way, so you keep one of those guys fresh. The The reason you want to keep the offense on the field as long as possible early in the game is to tire out the defense. Right. You're trying to tire out the opposing defense, so then you can win fourth quarter. Right. Because as, as we know, watching many, many games go south in the fourth quarter, if you can own the fourth quarter, and even though you lost the rest of the game, sometimes you can still win all of the game. <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say, a has got a great, great history of being up 40 to nothing at the end of the first quarter, and then the game just goes completely downhill after that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was like the, I think the UCLA bowl game two years ago. No, no, UCLA wasn't a bowl game. It was the, it was the very first game of the season. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I remember I was listening to it on the radio on my drive. I don't know where I was but I was driving somewhere and I was listening to the radio going, oh my God, that's right. It was during Christmas time because you, you came over to my house yeah. to watch the end of it with me. Yep, because we were doing fine. We were doing absolutely fine all the right. way until the like fourth quarter and then we blew like a 38-point lead. <laughs> <laughs> Something ridiculous. <laughs> oh, so mad. But that, that's kind of the opposite of our strategy these days is to own the fourth quarter because we'll bring out an offensive weapon who's fresh and at the same time, our de- our defense will be fairly well rested while their defense is not. Mm-hmm. And so that's what this game was. There was no superstar. Weidemeyer got the most balls. He got five receptions for <laughs> 71 yards. <laughs> Jones made 66 yards with seven receptions. Spiller was 60 yards with six. And Anaya Smith was 29. Spiller rushed for 89 yards. Smith rushed for 70 yards, and then Mond himself rushed for 59. This was one of those games where they used Kellen Mond as a runner quite a bit just to throw Tennessee's defensive off or defense off because what the trouble is as a linebacker or as a um, as a tackle, you got to figure out, okay, is he going to pitch the ball to one of his runners or is he going to hold on to the ball? <laughs> right, and usually by the time you figure it out, you're already tangled up with the offensive line. Yeah. If you decide to commit to going after Kellen, then he just pitches the ball (laughs) and the other guy goes. So from an offensive, it was fairly fun to watch. And uh, even on the defensive side of the ball, it wasn't bad. 
No, we only allowed them one out of six third down conversions, and they did allow a fourth down conversion, but it was the only one attempted. Yeah. Hey, uh, defense did a very good job of holding the run. I think we allowed 24 yards total. Receiving, not as good, and that's just a testament to the fact that our secondary is still not very good because we allowed 180 yards, 189 yards of reception. Yeah, they only had 24 yards of rush, which is holy crap. Yeah, <laughs> if there's a reason our defense is rated third in the country. And number one in the SEC, <laughs> especially the rush, especially the rush defense. And what does that matter with the college football playoff committee? Zero. Zero. Yeah. So sadly, so we won that game, right? This was an early game. It was 11 o'clock that day. So it was one of the first games. And and all the announcers were like, all right, A&M did its job. Like it's number, number five, still going to probably be number five because it won out. You know, we'll see what happens around the horn. And they put up all the different possibilities of how AM could get into the game, right? Possibility number one. Mm-hmm. Ohio State loses to Northwestern, which this game was happening concurrent with the AM Tennessee game. Up until the third quarter, Northwestern was winning that ball game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it looked like that may be the easy ticket in. And honestly, I think the most fair ticket in. But Ohio State managed to pull it out. in the uh, third and fourth quarter and won that game so we're coming into the mid mid games with Ohio State won the Big Ten Championship against Northwestern even though they struggled a little bit to do it and we won against uh, Tennessee so the other conference championships you had the Big 12 Championship between Oklahoma and Iowa State at the time Iowa State was ranked 6, Oklahoma was ranked 10, so Iowa State was literally right behind us in the rankings. Mm -hmm. They went into that game pretty heavily favored, and uh, Oklahoma blew them out. Or not not blew them out, but they won. It was close. It was 27-21. So Iowa State put up a pretty good you know, go at it. But the reality is Oklahoma kind of held, they scored a lot early, especially the second quarter, and then held it. And Iowa State tried to come back, but they couldn't do it. Interestingly enough, Oklahoma beats Iowa State in the Big 12 championship. That actually boosts Oklahoma up and drops Iowa State down. Right. Yeah, this becomes interesting later, or for for the next week. (laughs) Oh, for the bowl game selection. For the bowl game selection. So the the other big two games we had that week were the ACC championship, which was Clemson versus Notre Dame, and the SEC championship, which was Alabama-Georgia. In one scenario... If Florida beats Alabama, then the question mark of who goes to the playoffs becomes real hard because then Alabama has a loss. They lose to Florida, who we beat, and and so everything becomes a big, big question mark. Interestingly enough, that game is very close. Really? Alabama only beats Florida by six points. Alabama scored 52. Florida scored 46. This is a full-blown testament to the fact that neither team has much of a defense. <laughs> That's less than a touchdown. Alabama beats Florida by less than a touchdown. And it's a shootout the whole game. Neither team claims any kind of dominant position. I mean, you can kind of say going into the half Alabama was, but the third quarter, Florida you know, scores 14 and keeps them to zero. So it's, it's kind of down to the wire. But Alabama does end up beating Florida. So that makes everybody's job easier because even though there's an eye test for everybody else, everybody's got blinders on for Alabama. <laughs> you know, oh, they won. It doesn't matter. Then a win's a win's a win. And I'm like, no, 
No, it's not, but that's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> not for everybody else. Yeah. Which brings us to the Clemson-Notre Dame game, which was the most interesting one. Because either way this went, there were three possibilities. Number one, Clemson blows Notre Dame out, which in theory meant that there's a potential that Notre Dame would drop out of the top four and AM could get in. Number two, Notre Dame blows Clemson out, which is an even stronger possibility that Clemson gets dropped out and Texas A&M gets in. Or scenario number three, it's a close game, in which case their standings probably don't change. What ended up happening was fairly expected by a lot of people because Trevor Lawrence was coming. And in the original Notre Dame-Clemson game earlier this year, Trevor Lawrence, who is the star quarterback for Clemson, was not playing. He was out. So their second string guy was in. Remember, that game went to overtime and got and was won by Notre Dame in overtime. This game, this game wasn't even close. Score-wise, Clemson beat Notre Dame 34-10, which is still not very close. It was a 24-point loss. Right. Eye test-wise, Notre Dame looked sad. Clemson's defense, and everybody says Trevor Lawrence is, you know, oh, Trevor Lawrence won the game for him, and he's just so amazing. It's like, he did good. Don't get me wrong. Excellent quarterback, made a lot of great offensive plays, great guy to have on the field. Your defense won the game. <laughs> I mean, the, the fact is the Notre Dame's quarterback didn't have more than two seconds on any down to throw the ball or make a play because the Clemson offensive line was on him too fast. He was always flushed from the pocket. He was never able to make a play. Clemson defense owned Notre Dame so hard, and no one gives them any credit for it, which is sad because good defenses are so freaking rare (laughs) in college football. But Clemson's defense won that game. And so that was one of the possible scenarios that could have had Notre Dame drop out and Texas A&M get in. So then we go into, yeah, I don't, I don't really care about the other game. So <laughs> <laughs> then we head into Sunday where the, where the college football playoffs are decided. Who's going to go into what? Time comes. They do the announcement. And to nobody's surprise. Yeah, Alabama <laughs> gets number one. Nobody's surprised. Yeah. Clemson gets number two. Again, nobody's surprised. Number three went to Ohio State. I'm going to talk about why that's, why that's problematic <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> or why I find that uh-huh. to be problematic. Oh, we, we both find it problematic. Okay. The reason I find Ohio State going into the um, college fo- football playoffs problematic is it's an unfair advantage. Yep. Ohio State played six games. Yep. And that sixth game was their conference championship, which they had to bend the rules to get them into that championship game. And Northwestern wasn't originally going to be the team. Uh, I think it was like Indiana was supposed to be the team, but they were out of it because of COVID. Yeah. Indiana ended up having to cancel their game against Purdue again for COVID reasons. Yep. Yeah. So Ohio State's played six games. Alabama played 11, right? Yep. That's almost twice as many. Clemson played 11. Notre Dame played 11. Almost twice as many games. Playing football games and practices (laughs) causes injuries. It causes endurance. It fatigues the team. If you are playing at half the games as another team, 
the wear and tear on your football team is a lot less. It is a solid, unfair advantage. Right. Some people would argue, oh, well, that's just because the Big Ten didn't start their season the same time as everybody else did. Yeah, but the problem you have there is that Ohio State is by far the most advanced program in the Big Ten, is the one with the most money in the Big Ten. If Ohio State went to the Big Ten commissioners and said, hey, we want to start at the same time as everybody else, there wouldn't have been a question. Because the reason why they bent the rules for Ohio State to be in that conference championship was because of money. Right. The Big Ten didn't want to be out of the money, so they made sure that that Ohio State got to the conference championship game. Right. Whether or not your belief is that they deserve to go or, you know, they're a really good team. And to be honest, they do look like a really big team, a really good team. We'll talk about that a little later. (laughs) Doesn't factor into it. It's an unfair advantage. Right. You're saying this team that only played six games is allowed to play against this other team that played 11 or 12 it's games. It's just as good as the team that's played 11 or 12. And, you know, in full disclosure, AM only played nine, but one game was canceled due to COVID, and that was it. Right. We didn't have a conference championship. Right. That's as many games as we could play. It was 10. Mm-hmm. So they played half of a regular season of everybody else and then went to their, their conference championship. So, but they came came in at number three. And then, lo and behold, Notre Dame gets put in at number four. Mm-hmm. And they're just... They beat Clemson. They did in the regular season. And then they played the rest of the ACC. Who cares? <laughs> I've heard a lot of guys talk about, oh, this guy... These guys were highly rated, and these guys were highly rated. And all the people A&M played against weren't very highly rated at all. LSU and Mississippi, shut up. (laughs) Exactly. Shut up. It's the ACC and the (laughs) SEC. I'm sorry. Why didn't Notre Dame choose to play with the SEC, huh? Why did they pick the ACC to play with? Right. Because they had to pick a conference. The Big 12 or the Pac-12 or any other conference. The Big 10, yeah. Why did they choose the ACC? Well, it's still a power conference. Because of Clemson and Florida State and, you know, Miami way, way back there. But (laughs) uh, it's still considered a power conference, but it's the easiest of all the power conferences. That's why Notre Dame played there. And yeah, they won. They beat everybody and then lost to Clemson and lost pretty bad. Uh So ultimately, and I'm going to shout out to a YouTube series called SEC Shorts, which is amazing. Thank you, Bruce. <laughs> I'm thanking you on our nationally broadcasted podcast. <laughs> it's about time I got some recognition on this show. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. It's not like your name's not in it. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, then. <laughs> so they, they did it very well. Basically... In, in their show in their show for this one, it was effectively ESPN who killed AM's chance. And that's that's the thing. Notre Dame was, I don't know how to put it, sexier. Oh, they're they're changing the narrative. You know, they're they're coming back to their former glory. They've got the, you know, it's Notre Dame. Come on. And and AM is just like, yeah. <laughs> I'll put money down on it that next year Notre Dame goes back to its old ways and picking and choosing who its opponents will be and you know who actually wants to play them. Oh yeah, there's no way they're gonna be in a conference next year. Unless they're forced to. It's just not. Well, it's not in their best interest. It just isn't. And then, you know, A&M is just a bunch of farm boy hicks. And, oh, they did pretty well this year. But, you know, their program will never be that good. They're not elite. They can't never be elite. They're Texas A&M. Except for that one year where we beat LSU in seven overtimes in the year that they were supposed to be great. (laughs) Yeah. Or that that year that we beat Alabama. (laughs) Right. That year. 
was before the college football playoffs. If the college football playoffs had been a thing, we would have gone that year. We probably would have gotten the national championship. And we'd definitely be less angry about things this year. Yeah, we would. (laughs) So, yeah, we got dropped. We got dropped to fifth. So bowl games get formed up. Uh, We get paired up with North Carolina at the Orange Bowl. Yep. Which you might think, okay, that's kind of a weird mix. It is. It's sort of like the top bottom. So North Carolina was ranked number 14. Uh, but the Orange Bowl is a fairly prestigious bowl. It's one of the yes. original bowls. Right there with the Cotton Bowl and the Rose Bowl and, yeah. and the Citrus Bowl. It's still known primarily by not its sponsor, but by the thing it was originally made for. <laughs> right. Unlike the galleryfurniture.com bowl or, <laughs> or the tax slayer gator bowl. That's right. Yeah. So <laughs> which by the way, this year, North Carolina state was once again at this year. Yeah. Okay. Then. <laughs> yeah. Going around the bowls, the bowl game started literally the day after that. Monday, December 21st was the Myrtle beach bowl. Uh, Appalachia state destroyed North Texas. That sucks for them. Anyways, <laughs> the next day, a big one was uh, BYU destroying UCF. You know, sad to see UCF, the self-declared national champions from last year, fall so hard. <laughs> hey, to be fair to UCF, I mean, they they had an undefeated season. Yeah, they, they went at 14-0. I mean. Yeah, any other program would have gotten that distinction. They would have been playing in the national championship game, but. Well, I don't think that's true because, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's not true because we see it. But yeah, and anybody from a power five, yeah, yeah you're from right. Yeah, power five. Yeah, right, power right, five. right, right, right. The group of five folks. And if you're wondering what that that's talking about, we're talking about football conferences. There's five football conferences, which are called the power five conferences. And there are five football conferences referred to as the group of five conferences. I'll let you figure out which one's better. <laughs> but yeah, UCF only went six and four this year. So well, UCF was also in the middle of a state in a huge pandemic problem. Yes, yeah, in Orlando. <laughs> Going into actual bowl game day, Tuesday, December 29th, Texas was in the Valero Alamo Bowl with Colorado, and uh, Texas did manage to win that, fifty-five twenty-three. So good for them. Sadly. <laughs> They got themselves a new head coach now. Yes, they did. They fired their coach. <laughs> after winning the bowl game. Yep, after winning the bowl game. Because, you know, Texas was ranked number 20, playing against an unranked Colorado. <laughs> the Valero Alamo Bowl, which is actually not a bad bowl. I mean, I've been to it before. It's in San Antonio. Okay, so first real bowl game I want to talk about is Florida-Oklahoma. And the reason I want to talk about it is because how Florida, Oklahoma State or Oklahoma? Oklahoma. So remember how I said Oklahoma beat Iowa State in the conference championship for the Big 12? Uh-huh. So Oklahoma gets ranked number six after that. Right. Florida gets ranked number seven. Right. You know, Florida went into that game with everybody loving Kyle Trask, right? Uh-huh. All anybody talks about during any Florida game, no matter who they're playing, including Alabama. <laughs> Which, granted, they almost beat Alabama, so... And coming off of that, so this is the game after that, 46 to uh, to 52. They come in play Oklahoma. Oklahoma went into the uh, conference championship for the Big 12. Looked like they were going to lose, but they beat Ohio or they beat Iowa, and so they're not favored to win this, even though they're ranked number six. They destroy Florida, 55 to 20. Wow. Kyle Trask throws three interceptions in the first quarter. In the first quarter. He throws another one later on. Good to see somebody in the Big 12 making a statement. Yeah. So Trask, basically, because Florida has no defense, 
Mm-hmm. And because Trask effectively fell apart as a quarterback, mm-hmm. Oklahoma destroyed Florida. <laughs> that was interesting. That was really interesting. So, yeah, Oklahoma takes home the Cotton Bowl this year. And, and my understanding is Trask is, is going up for the draft. So, wow. yeah, I don't know what Florida is going to look like next year. Well, with the the sad state of things that are going on in the NFL, I mean, he's got a good shot at making start somewhere. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be a long start, but he'll, he'll start somewhere. Yeah. So, around to... The next big game that I watched, which was uh, Georgia-Cincinnati. Uh-huh. Okay, so Cincinnati, I mentioned Oklahoma's ranked number six, Florida's ranked number seven. Number eight is Cincinnati. Now, Cincinnati is from the AAC, which is one of those group five schools. Going into this bowl game, they were undefeated, 9-0. and They were playing against number nine, nine-ranked Georgia, who is from the SEC East. Going into this game, they're 7-2. Uh, and two. Everybody expects Georgia to just dominate Cincinnati, right? Uh-huh. Cincinnati, okay, you're 9-0 and in a backwater conference that doesn't matter at all. Cincinnati was winning until the fourth quarter. <laughs> they were winning 21-10 to 10 <laughs> until uh-huh. the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter, Georgia managed to squeeze out two touchdowns. Actually, not two touchdowns. A touchdown and then a series of other things which give them enough points <laughs> to win it. Technically, the score, the ending score is 24-21. Uh-huh. The reality is the ending score was 22-21. What happened is uh, Georgia got the touchdown and a field goal, and that put them with 12 seconds left in the game. They got their last score. Oh, and so they tried to scramble play at the end, but they got pushed back all the way to their own. And then- no, so, so Georgia was winning 24, 22-21. They kicked the ball off. The guy... Receiving for Cincinnati, fair catched the ball on like the two yard line. Oof. So they they had they were forced to play. They were trying to run plays. If you want to throw a hail mary pass, you have to give your your receivers time to run. Right. Right. So on the second play, they were he was trying to do that and he got sacked in the end zone. Yeah. Right, safety. So technically, it was a safety, but the reality is the final score was really 22-21. Yeah, that happened to the Browns on one of their losses. It was just, you know, desperation on the last play, and they kept getting pushed back. And yeah. So uh, kudos to Cincinnati. I think if anybody changed anybody's conversation about anything, hopefully Cincinnati changed the conversation about who they do and do not let into the college football playoffs. Uh-huh. I think Notre Dame also changed that a little bit. <laughs> So we'll talk about the two, the Sugar Bowl, which was Ohio State and Clemson. We'll talk about the Rose Bowl. We're going to talk about the Rose Bowl first, which was Alabama and Notre Dame. So as the as the top seed, the number one seed in the college football playoffs, they play the number four seed, Notre Dame. So Alabama goes into Notre Dame. It went like everybody was expecting. Alabama beat Notre Dame 31 to 14. It wasn't a typical Alabama, you know, almost 60-point blowout. <laughs> Uh-huh. So it, it proved Notre Dame had at least a modicum of a defense, but uh, Notre Dame's offense looked about as effective against Alabama as they did against Clemson. Maybe even less so. And here's the thing: like, even if your defense sucks, if the guy you're playing's offense also sucks, <laughs> it makes being the defense much easier because <laughs> uh-huh. the offense still has to execute the plays. <laughs> Just throwing that out there because <laughs> Alabama doesn't have a great defense. Well, you know, in, in college football, your defense doesn't have to be great. Your defense just has to be able to get itself off the field. If you can do that, then you're usually set. <laughs> yeah. Don't give up a, th- a third and ten. You know, don't let them convert on third and ten. Yeah. If you can keep them from doing that, <laughs> you're doing pretty good. 
The big game everybody was really interested in was the All-State Sugar Bowl, which was Ohio State and Clemson. My expectation was Clemson was going to beat Ohio State. And that's because Clemson has proved they've got a very good offense and they do have something of a defense. Uh, They proved that against uh, Notre Dame. And the fact that Ohio State hadn't played anybody good. Northwestern was the first people that they played who were ranked and they almost lost that game. Right. So I did not expect them to do very good. Turns out I was very wrong. <laughs> they blew out Clemson 49 to 28. Yeah, 49 to 28. Basically, Ohio State, I think they punted once. <laughs> but otherwise, anytime their their offense touched the ball, they scored <laughs> effectively. Clemson, not so much. Honestly, Trevor Lawrence didn't look that good. And the Clemson defense obviously didn't show up. They were not able to stop Ohio State from moving the ball at all, either the run or the pass. And Ohio State's defense was able to take out Clemson or basically to make Trevor Lawrence a non-issue. Right. Lawrence, you know, a lot like Mond and a lot of uh, college quarterbacks, he's a very effective runner or rushing. He typically puts up a lot of yards. He was held to 10. Or no, sorry, minus eight. (laughs) Wow. In 10 carries. They just kept trying to run him, and he just kept getting sacked. (laughs) And I'll use the word sack because negative yardage. (laughs) They only were able to put up 44 yards on the rush. On the pass, they put up 400 yards. 400 yards in passing offense. They were only able to score 28 points. They just couldn't seem to get the ball in the end zone. Effectively, they could get down the field, but they collapsed once they got to the red zone which I've seen teams do. Some defenses are absolutely awful through most of the field, but that last 20 to 25 yards, they suddenly come alive and they're amazing. It happens. Uh-huh. And that's what happened. The the Ohio State Buckeyes blew out the, the Tigers. Flat. That was that, which, you know, like we said before, Ohio State has something of an unfair advantage over everybody else. So... Uh, and then the last game we go to is uh, Texas A&M, A&M, North Carolina. At least the last game I care about. <laughs> <laughs> There's other football games that happened, but I don't care about those so much. So Texas A&M, North Carolina, the Capital One Orange Bowl. This was another Jimbo Fisher special. The difference between this one and a lot of the other games is North Carolina's offense was more effective than a lot of other teams' offense against our defense. North Carolina put up 27 points, and up until the fourth quarter, it was 27-27. And it was a tie ball game down to the last five minutes. And then we scored two touchdowns. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was like they just suddenly woke up and said, oh, we got to win this. <laughs> yeah, it was the same kind of deal. We owned the ball through most of the game on offense. We kept our defense relatively off the field. Sam Howell, their their uh, quarterback, was was pretty good. But again, in the fourth quarter, with the pressure coming from a, a fairly well-rested defense, he kind of went down. And we pulled Spiller out at the end, and we put in Devon A-Chain because Spiller was limping. And um, that you know end-of-the-game fresh offensive superstar literally ran the ball down their throats. <laughs> yep, 12 carries, 140 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. Two and those two touchdowns were in the last 5 minutes. Like he and 80 of those 140 yards was a single play. Right. A single play where he broke like four tackles. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, he was he was down. 
I, everybody thought that play was over. I even think some of the North Carolina's defense thought that team, that play was over. <laughs> but he hadn't gone down, and so he just sprinted. And he's a sprinter. He's he he is a track and field guy. I don't know if he's our fastest, but he's one of the fastest <laughs> we've got at AM. So so if you let him out of your sight, you're not going to catch him. And that's exactly what he did. But on the other side of that, he's not just fast. He can also be very physical. On his other touchdown, he kind of rammed it down the throat. He was able to, to jam the ball in. That's Jimbo Fisher's play calling style is win the fourth quarter hard enough that you win the game. Right. So, yeah, three, three minutes and 44 seconds left in the game. We're tied. And then after that point, we scored two touchdowns. <laughs> so it was it was a much more difficult game from uh, from a perspective of of fan watching the game because you know at least with the Tennessee game we were on top the whole time, but <laughs> but in this game it was like oh my we were losing at certain points <laughs> to to you know North Carolina. I'm just like mm, this is not what you call a team from the Power Five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, North Carolina Tar Heel. But you know at the end of the day, forty one twenty seven. So and it, it was it was fun to watch. I'm kind of glad I didn't watch it. Alive, <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, I thought it was like I said. It was like A and M was being lackluster through like the middle half of it, and then all of a sudden the light switched on, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it was like, guys, you you should have just you know now the fourth quarter is not when you do that. You know, a lot of things go wrong when you do stuff like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, that's college football. We got one game really left is, and that's the national championships. Going to be Alabama, Ohio State. Don't know who's going to win that one. I got to be honest. I got to be honest. I don't care. <laughs> I kind of care. They've both won national championships in the past. They've got multiple ones. They're both power programs. Yeah, I don't care. Okay. No, no I don't. I, 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 <laughs> I'm going to watch it, care. probably. Um, whether or not I care, I don't know. I think it'll be a good game. I'll be interested to see if Saban can overcome the fact that he has a crappy defense. <laughs> and if, if Ohio State's defense can hold Alabama at all, which I don't think they can because there's three Heisman potentials on Alabama's offense. Right. <laughs> the other Heisman potential being Kyle Trask, who probably intercepted his Heisman potential away in that game against uh, Oklahoma. Right. Uh, but that's pretty much it for college football. Next year, I don't know what next year holds. And the reason I want to say that now is because this year doesn't count for eligibility purposes. So if you're not aware, you can only play college football for four years, five years if they redshirt you, which means your actual freshman year in college, you you basically just play on the practice squad. And then your freshman year is called your redshirt freshman. And that's actually your sophomore academic year. But then you can only play four years. But this year doesn't count. So somebody could play five years this year if they wanted to. So people can come back. You know, anybody who's got the ability to go to the draft is going to go, I think. But I think there's anybody who's not is probably going to stay. So it depends because on the pro side, there are some openings coming up, mainly in in the quarterback department. There might be a couple of line positions on either side of the ball that might be open, but because of the COVID stuff, maybe the, the teams that did okay this year aren't going to be too vested in doing a whole lot of draft picks. There are some programs, though, that are in big-time rebuilds, you know, the Jets and the Jaguars, to name two. So we'll, we'll see. 
I think it'll be interesting. Like, I don't think it's as it, normally like in most years you go, oh yeah, yeah, that person's going to the draft. Yeah, that person's going to draft. Someone's going to pick them up. I think this year it's it's going to be a lot of quarterbacks in the probably more than you would normally think. There's probably three or four quarterbacks in the first round. I would say. Yeah, I you know for A and M the most important thing is going to be whether or not Kellen goes because he could stay, and then who from our offensive line is going to go. Uh-huh. Because the the reality, that's the strength of our offense right now, uh-huh. is that team, is Kellen Mond and the offensive line. Because they all trust each other. They've played together for three or more years. They're all good. You know, as much as we ragged on Kellen Mond a lot, he is not a bad football player. <laughs> He's pretty good. And if he has a plan and the plan's working and he has time in the pocket, then he does fine. Whether or not that'll play out well for him in the NFL, I don't know. So that's going to make the difference in the future for America. Uh-huh. Well, that's college, college b-ball. I mean, football. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We'll be back again to talk about it next August. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. Thanks for listening, everybody. I want to remind you that we have a website, patthefatman.com. And if you could uh, rank this podcast and give it a high ranking, we'd appreciate that. Share it. Share it on your social media or whatever other ways you can share it. Tell people verbally, <laughs> even. Word of mouth. We'll take that. <laughs> and as always, for our fans who have sponsored us, we very much appreciate you. You have our undying gratitude. I'm Pat. I'm the fat man, otherwise known as Bruce. Stay classy. Gig em. What it means is... We got half in the B. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> And that's what that means. Yep. The BF's about to get after the B. <laughs> <laughs>